Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about guaranteed hours and what that means and how you can communicate about it to your nanny family. And for that, I have brought back on Jennifer Hilton. Hello, Jen. Hello, hello. Um, I'm so glad to have you back on. Uh, Jen did our um, tax episode, how to file nanny taxes, and just did a wonderful job explaining that. Um, and so this is another business area that I I am constantly seeing you answer questions about online. So I'm excited to have you. Yes, this is a very, very, very popular and often confusing topic. Yes, confusing for nannies themselves, which makes it hard to explain to families um, about why yes, they should do much. it. Very much. Um, great. Well, before we get started talking about guaranteed hours, let's hear just a brief uh, description of your background and how you came into nannying and how long you've been doing it and all that good stuff. Uh, I'll try and be as brief as possible. Um, I, <laughs> as we had talked about before, um, I was in the U.S. Navy uh, after high school. I did do a little bit of college, but I was a little bit unsure. And that how that connects is very interesting. Um, I did four years in the Navy, but while in the Navy, and previously I had done a lot of babysitting, which most of us have done right. when we were a lot younger. Uh, and that babysitting turned into a more, um, I guess you would say, professional way of handling childcare. I would be working for one family, and I carried that uh, through the end of high school. And then once I was in the Navy, I would work for um, a lot of my my bosses. I would take care of their children on a regular basis after hours, um, and that. I'm not really sure how that became that way. I don't know if it was just my natural ability to be very caring and like a mother hen when I was mm-hmm. a child, but, and that just turned into a profession. Uh, I, I did go to school. I was going to be a teacher while I was in the Navy. I went part-time. I did go back to school after I was going to get my teaching degree. And while taking classes, I realized that it was very hard 
to work full time and go to school and I wanted to have a job that I could do that. Little did I know that nannying wouldn't necessarily fill that role because there's a lot of hours right. that we <laughs> that we work. Yes. Um, but I took on a nanny role and I stayed. I ended up staying with it. I did finish school eventually. Um, while in the Navy, I used to uh, manage a lot of our children's activities. If we had events on our base or events in our squadron, Mm -hmm. uh, and that sort of translated everywhere in every aspect. So uh, I, you know, I finished school, and I remained a nanny, and I never, never became a teacher. <laughs> um, possibly because of the pay rate was a little higher. And once you start to rack up years of experience, your value changes. Right. So, here I am today, still doing it after approximately, I would say, give or take 23 years, 25 years. It depends on how far back I want to go. Right. Yeah, that's wonderful. And uh, I I see you post all the time about professionalism and what uh, and valuing yourself as a nanny and encouraging others to do the same. And that's just really wonderful and something that we all need to hear a lot. Yes, it's very empowering once you start to frame it like that, I think. I do too. I completely agree. And that brings us to our topic of today, which is guaranteed hours. Um, and, and so let's start with just what are guaranteed hours? Well, the best way to explain it is guaranteed hours are a guaranteed minimum number of hours that you are paid for in a given seven-day work week as defined, typically it's um, a work week starts on Sunday and ends on Saturday. Right. We typically work Monday through Friday. There are some nannies that work on the weekends as well, but generally it's seven consecutive days and it's seven days long. Yes. A pay period for pay purposes can be 14 days, but an actual pay period based on labor laws is seven consecutive days. Another way to describe it is base salary. Um, that can be confusing, but it is, in effect, a base amount of money. It ensures a reliable income, and it won't change if it's guaranteed. That, right. is, that is the whole intention of it. Um, and this means that if the nanny is available and able to work, that, that these are her hours. Yes. And I think that that is an area where it gets confusing about when the nanny is available and able to work versus when a nanny is choosing to take time off. Um, yes. And so we'll get into that a little bit more, but that's a great base definition of guaranteed hours. Um, and so, I mean, this is somewhat self-explanatory, but, but why are guaranteed hours good for nannies? <laughs> Well, it ensures a reliable income. We all right. know that. It won't change. Um, we all know that families go on vacation. Sometimes they take days off from work and they stay home with their children. They don't need their scheduled child care. Sometimes their in-laws or other family members come to stay and those those individuals want to spend time with Without the children. And yeah. it, yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, my nanny family that I am with right now they take approximately five to six weeks off a year. Oh, wow. And That's great. I'm paid. Yeah. I mean, I do try to schedule my vacation, but I'm not required to. Mm -hmm. um, and mo most of us, we could not accept or handle 
losing a month or more of our wages. We can't rely on, on any sort of side work. It's very similar in, similar in theory to how a daycare might be run. If you have your child in daycare right. and you want to take your child out for a week, you still have to pay because you have to pay for that slot. There's not another child that's going to come in for a week and pay the daycare so they don't lose that revenue. So it's very similar in theory. It basically keeps your slot. Yes. And you know, I, so. I have seen over and over that that's one of the best ways to explain it to a nanny family that might be struggling with the concept um, yes. of why should I pay you if, if you're not here working um, is to say it works like a daycare. And if your kids were at a daycare, you would have to reserve that slot with your money, whether or not exactly the child is exactly. in daycare. And when you, and when, when we describe it that way, a light will go on yeah. and they, they sort of, Oh, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's a great way to put it. And, uh, and also, um, a nanny mom that I was talking to, uh, a couple weeks ago was talking about how she tries to educate her friends about this because she was like, I have one friend that, feels like they just can't keep childcare. And uh, my nanny mom was explaining to her, she was like, well, do you, do you pay her when you cancel? Do you pay your nanny or your babysitter when you cancel last minute? And she was like, no, because she's not coming. And she was like, well, that's, that's why <laughs> you're having trouble because she was depending that is, on that yes. income. <laughs> yes. And a, a lot of our nannies do take on side work or a lot of our nannies who at one point had been full-time nannies, they might work for multiple families and they will drop those families because the families continue to cancel. That's what happens. Yes, exactly. So, um, I mean, I usually have like a, a 24 hour cancellation, cancellation policy. policy. Yeah, at least. Um, and I, I always tell the nanny families like the sooner you tell me the better it is for me so please like don't always be 24 hours ahead of time but um but yeah and that's more for like general babysitting than my nanny family is very good about communicating yes that's exactly how I do it too and it it certainly puts a kibosh on oh well, we're just going to cancel because, I mean, obviously there's times when they need to, but it, right. it certainly does fix that. And a lot of our nannies, um, I've done it as well, use um, online paying. So mm -hmm. they might require a deposit. That's sort of new, but it works too. So that's a great, that's a great way to do it. Um, yeah. It's like once I receive your deposit, then I will hold that time for you. <laughs> I think that this, this, this little side um, topic, which is really actually part of it, sort of opens up a little bit of the confusion reason. Right. Um, a, a lot of families, nanny families, don't see a nanny as a professional. They simply see them as a babysitter. That doesn't necessarily mean that a babysitter isn't a professional. Right. What that what that translates is the the family may not see or understand that a nanny is filling the role of a professional job, that they don't consider that as a professional job. So then when they have to uh, 
offer guaranteed hours or in the case of a sitter offer a cancellation time frame they don't understand that this is their living they, they don't see it as the same and right. i think that that's where a lot of the confusion they don't they consider a nanny oh well it's just childcare. well right. no it's a <laughs> she's a professional yeah and that's where i think a lot of the confusion comes into play i completely agree so we talked about explaining it to a nanny family like a, that it that it's like a daycare. It's the same sort of policy that you pay a daycare. Um, have you found other ways of explaining it that uh, work? Well? I have, and I need to give credit to a member of TNL. I'll just give her first name. Her first name is Laura. Um, I won't give her last name out of a privacy concern, but she added a particular paragraph to her contract. And I think it's concise and very clear. And it's written very beautifully. And her nanny family, when they saw this on paper, they really understood. Um, and it's part of her contract or her work agreement. But I think that this is a great way to explain it. And I'll just read you the paragraph. Wonderful. Uh, employee has set aside the standard work hours as available only for this employer and relies on the steady income. The employee is not required to make up any hours should the employer take unexpected leave and not need the employer's, the, I'm sorry, the employee's services or if the employee is relieved by another adult authorized by the employer. Employer agrees that the employee will receive X amount of dollars and we can go into that after, but mm -hmm. the guaranteed weekly pay for blank hours per week, 52 weeks per calendar year, even if the employer chooses to not utilize the employee services for some or all of any given week. And that very first part of that paragraph, to me, it, it outlines it. Yes, These are standard out. I mean, I think it's great. It's not aggressive. Um, it's written very professionally. And it's not uncommon that this is a very similar way of other, um, I guess you would say other professions. They have this written in their work agreements as well. Right. Um, it's just, it's perfect. Uh, and I actually use this in mine now. So that's great. I think it's great. Yeah, that is, that's such a beautiful, concise, simple explanation. And I love it. So thank you, Laura, for that. Um, and, and yeah, and I think that's a, good way to communicate to nanny families and to put in a contract if um, if and when you're negotiating that uh, to to negotiate that in. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's often very eye opening. <laughs> yes, it certainly is. Um, and so let's touch back on that um, X amount of dollars that we said that we would come back to. Yes. So how does that work of like there are some nanny families that need um, wildly different hours uh, or not wildly, but somewhat different hours on different weeks. So how does the base pay work if they're if the hours are somewhat fluctuating? Well, that is generally very common with nannies who work for doctors, mm -hmm. uh, lawyers. Um, family, especially doctors, but, that, but that's where I see it a lot. Mm -hmm. There are other family dynamics where you will see it, but it's very common where that during the negotiation process, 
it's determined that they need 40 hours or they need 45 hours and the, the contract will be detailed. However, knowing that the nanny needs X amount of dollars, it's, it's her benefit to negotiate and say, well, I need this much money per week, right? So she needs, and typically that's going to be pre-tax. It's not generally talked about that I need after tax. You wouldn't say that, which is net versus gross. Um, so that is typically the bouncing off point or the standard number of hours that will be in that nanny's work week. Mine's 40. I work four 10-hour days. Right. It doesn't really shift, right? But there are some times that my week, if they ask me and I'm available, I might work an additional five hours or an additional 10 hours. Well, those are now additional hours that would not be part of the guaranteed, but I'm still paid for those hours. And they're also going to be considered over time because they're over the 40 hour standard week. Um, and a nanny who has say 65 hours for her average week, if they've discussed and that's what she's guaranteed, it would be written the exact same way. The nanny family agrees to pay 65 hours. Uh, these hours worked between these days. It's, to, it's generally written to be very precise. So there's no um, open door for them to just have an expectation that changes. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's really important to have that in there, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And any hours over 40, it's important to note unless it's a live-in situation. So for live-out nannies, any hours over 40 are going to be paid at a rate of overtime, which is 1.5 times their base pay. And then one question that I have ha had some nannies ask me, um, and this has somewhat to do with tax law too. So yes. if, if this is confusing to you, about taxes go listen to the tax episode because it's brilliant and it is a really good explanation of tax law um as it pertains to nannies um but so some nannies are offered a salary why is that inappropriate well i think it's because it's well how to say it's inappropriate. It's not legal. That's yeah. the best way to put yeah. it. Um, and it's not legal because we have a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's called the Fair Labor Standards Act, which is connected to um, a, a whole different array of employees in general. Mm -hmm. However, household employees are one of those, um, I guess you would call them a, a, um, a type of employee. Mm -hmm. They are considered salary non-exempt and that's where this gets confusing right and what that means is they're not exempt from overtime they are paid for every hour that they work they must be paid and um, it's often that some of our families don't understand this law they don't understand that there's that nanny is qualified for overtime they think that overtime is not required um, so they try and pay salary and then they don't pay they don't pay them for any additional hours that they should be expected to work. A great example would be, you know, we're going to hire you for 50 hours, and the nanny thinks, oh great, it's 50 hours. Well, there's 10 of those hours that she should be paid overtime. Right. 
more money. <laughs> Um, and then when, uh, you know, a lot of times when they're showed the law, then they understand it, but it can be really hard because they don't really fully understand it. Yeah. And, and I can understand how families can think that that is working out well. I don't, I don't think families are malicious when they try to do it that way. Um, but yes, I think showing them the law or not always malicious. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I would say there are some there, I mean, I know of several situations, but several does not equal a majority. There are a few families who fully understand and grasp the laws and to put it into perspective, it's labor laws, it's federal wage and labor laws. And that's where the taxes come in because it's connected to um, the fact that household employees are not um, independent contractors. They are, they are employees and that's how there's a connection to it. Um, and federal wage and our laws, they're pretty clear. Uh, however, there are some families who uh, they don't know or they simply ignore it. Right. So exactly. Um, so are speaking of legal uh, issues, are nanny families legally required to do guaranteed hours? In a one word answer, no, they are not legally required to. However, it's a negotiated perk that is pretty standard within our industry. Right. Um, and as a comparison, when you're talking about a professional type of a job, it's very common. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, you know, a person might be hired by a law firm and they're going to be hired as a paralegal. Depending on that, how that paralegal falls under the Fair Labor Standards Act, which if I remember, they are also non-exempt, so they can be paid overtime. Um, how that would work is they're offered this base salary and it comes in the form of an offer letter. And then when they're paid, that that salary is broken down into an hourly rate on their paycheck, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty standard. Yes, you're not gonna see that, you know, in a fast food restaurant because they're, it's, it's a different type of a job. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, they're not legally required to. When they do offer it, it makes the families more competitive. Yes. And I think that that's a really good way to put it to them is that if if you're not offering guaranteed hours, then you're you're most likely not going to get as much professionalism with the nannies that you are able to hire. Absolutely. And your example of the nanny mom that, you know, trying to educate her friends, that's the exact situation. She's repeatedly canceling and not paying. Well, that's because they don't want to work or take a job where the money is not guaranteed. Right. They're going to go elsewhere. The turnaround rate is going to be really high. Yes. Um, And so if, you know, a nanny family is asking you why they should do it. Uh, this is a, a really good way to put it is that the, the professional nannies expect guaranteed hours. Uh, yes, that's exactly. And that's exactly how I put it with my current family. Yeah. I remember my, um, I was interviewed by my mom boss separately from my dad boss. 
I love those terms. (laughs) (laughs) And, and he's very business orientated. And he said, well, I need you to explain to me why. And I did, I said to him, well, you want to hire a professional, a professional has this expectation. Right. And that's all he needed to hear, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how he hires at his company. He hires professionals and that's how he runs his business. So when he sort of viewed it from that business model, he understood 100%. So will everybody see it that way? Not necessarily, right. but. But all we can do is try <laughs> and I know. not take jobs uh, that don't value us. Uh, and I know everyone's situation is is different um but you know if you are in a position where where you can wait for a family that will pay you guaranteed hours i i do think it's worth holding out for 100 percent. and i think that this it also comes into play depending on where you're looking for jobs because if you're looking for jobs in areas where the average medium household income doesn't necessarily support a full-time private professional nanny, you're going to encounter these sorts of obstacles because they're not fully understanding what comes with that type of childcare. And they're not in a position. It doesn't mean that they can't afford childcare. It just means that they really cannot afford a professional nanny. Uh, And they might have to look at other options. Mm -hmm. And once you start doing the math, it becomes, it does become eye opening. Uh, and that's unfortunate, but it's also fortunate for us. And if you have the, the background and the experience and the professionalism that you can say, this is why, you know, then I do encourage it. So, yes, I, I do encourage it as well. Um, and if, uh, listen, I would suggest listening to the via the village or the nanny share episode for uh, nannies that are are working to build up their professional career um, because nanny shares are a good way to potentially make more money with uh, the families each paying slightly less. Um, Yes. But that's its own beast and not. That is its own beast. (laughs) Um, But I I will say that for a nanny that is early in her career and is like, I don't know that I can back up that I am, you know, I have five years experience or 20 years experience or things like that, that that's a good way to build up your years of experience while still getting paid quite well. Absolutely. Um, So if you are curious about that, listen to both of those episodes. Um, So another term that gets thrown around a lot on the online groups is banking hours. So what does it mean to bank hours and how does that work? In a sentence, it's the idea that you can carry over unused hours into another week or carry over used hours into one week and then give time off in another week. Uh, And it just is in a nutshell, it's not legal to do it that way. Yes, you can bank hours if there's an agreement, but it has to be within the same seven-day pay period. Uh, example, we don't need you on Friday. Can you work on Saturday? It's still the same week, but you can't force that. This is not indentured servitude. <laughs> right. You know, we can't be forced. And a lot of 
you know, unfortunately, a lot of nannies feel that they have to. Right. Um, but it's good to be flexible. So, you know, if that works, then that can work too. But outside of that seven-day pay period or work week, you cannot carry over unused or used into the next week. It's often done to try and avoid overtime. Because mm-hmm. o- overtime is the issue here, the right. law, the overtime laws. So. so that is, that's a really good way to explain it, is that the the law is that it's by work week by work week yeah Yeah. um per the fair labor standards act which was enacted in 1938 i believe um, and there have been several changes to it um, a household employee is paid for every single hour worked they are entitled to overtime when applicable and in some states california is a great example overtime is measured on a daily daily rate Mm -hmm. and i believe it's eight hours um, so it's if you work more than eight hours, that's overtime for just that day. Wow. So, and there might be one other state, and unfortunately, I cannot remember off the top of my head, but <laughs> California always comes to mind. The yeah. um, concept of it becomes an issue when an employer wants to bank those unworked hours into another pay period because because those, the nanny must be paid for every single hour worked. So if they, if the, it often comes up if the nanny family doesn't understand guaranteed hours mm-hmm. and then they might go away. Oh, well, we're going to leave on Friday morning. We don't need you on Friday. We're not going to come back until Tuesday. So now you have Friday and Monday where you're not working. Right. Well, A, you have guaranteed hours. And then they think that they can take Friday's hours and Monday's hours and just stick them in this imaginary bank and use them at another time and not pay because they were already given off right. and you can't do that. So, yes. Um, one other issue that comes up, um, is can a nanny family, if they're like, we're going to be out of town on Friday, can you go to the house and still do laundry or still do, uh, chores that you would normally do? And yes, they can. Yes. They can have that expectation because if your contract has guaranteed hours and your typical hours are Monday through Friday and they're not going to need you to take care of the children, but as defined by your work agreement, those particular tasks are still part of your work agreement and they were not done. I mean, they can't have an, I mean, I guess they could have an expectation to have you come and sit (laughs) at their house. Uh, That's very unlikely and very unusual. However, they can do that. Um, However, if you have a contract and the contract is very specific and it says, you know, these are your duties and they say, well, we need you to go to the house and they, you know, randomly pick a duty out of the sky. Mm -hmm. Technically, no. Right. However, they can make you go because if you are ready, willing and able to work and they need you to go to the house and I don't know, organize the children's clothing for the season or something like that. If that's part of your duties, they have every right to have that expectation. Right. Um, but waxing the floor, not. Unless that's in not. your contract and that's weird. Um, yes. I would question that being in my contract yes. very much. Yes. And we, I mean, that that's a whole other podcast. Yes. Exactly. Job creep. Job yes. creep. Um, but yeah, just keeping those boundary lines really clear uh, 
but knowing that they can expect you to do some household uh, things that you normally do, your normal household duties while they are out of town. Or yes. I've, I've had nanny families ask me to stop by the house uh, when they're out of town and like pick up mail or, you know, just check on the house. And yes. uh, and that's perfectly normal. And I'm more than happy to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. My nanny family, I have to say, I've I've really never had an experience where there was a weird expectation. Uh -huh. um, and this whole concept, there's different ways to make it work for you personally um, that don't necessarily have to be written depending on your relationship with your nanny family. My nanny family goes away, as I said, like five to six weeks a year. I don't have to work. However, for instance, they were gone and the refrigerator, you know how our families always try and use everything right. before leaving. I took it upon myself to, to pick one day that week and I went shopping, I went to their house, I cooked a few things, I stocked it with some things that they would normally use. And these are, this is a job that I would normally do mm -hmm. at the grocery shopping anyway. Um, and so when they came home uh, on, a, on a very late flight, they came into a house where they didn't have to go out and get milk. Right. They didn't have to cook anything. They had a fresh box of cereal, they had you know, fresh eggs, they had fresh fruit. My nanny family was so appreciative and they've never put any weird expectation on me, but that flexibility has paid off in a very, um, a very, how do I explain? It's, it's reciprocal. Right. They don't, yeah. it, we give and we take from each other. Mm -hmm. It's just how it works. So, and that was one day, you know, I, it was one day. Right. It was fine, you know, and they, they show me how they appreciate that. Yes. And uh, and you did that of your own idea, right? Like they just yes. asked. They did not expect it. They did not expect it. Nope. Uh, another time we had a huge storm mm -hmm. and I stayed in contact with their housekeeper um, who didn't have to be there either. And we both checked on the house on a different day just to make sure that everything was fine. Right. We didn't have to do that, but we did it, you know? Right. And yes, thinking of those ways to to just <laughs> be part of the village of your family and and help is I think really important. And it, it's I for me it's good for my heart too, you know. Absolutely one hundred percent. And when I go to explain during an interview why they want to hire me, these are the examples that I that I use for them that my relationship with them, if they're the same type of people, my relationship with them goes beyond. This is my work. And I want to have a great relationship with them where they trust me beyond just as an employee. And when they understand and they read the references and they understand that these are the things that I do, I'm hired. <laughs> I'm usually hired. So it works out great. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm able to get those guaranteed hours and I'm able to negotiate all the different things into my contract. So that's wonderful. Well, I all of my questions have been answered. Um, do you have any other uh, things to to offer about guaranteed hours? Um, well, I mean, if anybody really wants to understand them, if they simply go to Google mm -hmm. and Google guaranteed hours, 
uh, nannies, there is a lot of information. It's not just in our groups. Most of it is online. I know care.com has a great blog. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, the nanny council has a great blog. Um, nanny fac, uh, I think it's N-A-N-N-Y-F-A-Q. Mm -hmm. um, you can find a lot of information and there's different ways to explain it. But outside of that, we have the law on our side. So, uh, you know, as far as banking hours and different labor laws to actually protect us. So there's a lot of information out there. They don't just have to listen to me. <laughs> so um, it's just a matter of taking the time to take a look, you know, Yes. and it can be found. Yourself about Educate yourself. Side. Yeah, I mean, and I know that um, one of the things that came to mind, and I think we had talked about this prior to recording today, mm -hmm. um, a lot of nannies worry about seeming greedy. Yes. Right? Well, right. I suggest taking that word completely out of the context, frame it differently. This is really about being paid one's worth. And if a potential nanny family would have this opinion, that you're being greedy, to me, that's a red flag. It means that their perception of a professional nanny may not necessarily be what you think it is mm -hmm. or what I think it is. And if they see that as being greedy, which it's just, it has such a negative, negative, I don't know, feeling to it, mm -hmm. I would not even consider. I just, I would walk away. Right. You don't want, you're not being greedy. You want to be paid your worth. Yes. And if, yeah, I think if they find that greedy, then that, that's going to be a problem that comes up probably over and over and over again if you did take that job. I, I think that that would be something that would come up over and over because their perception of what a professional nanny is just doesn't match with what an actual professional nanny is. Exactly, exactly. And it takes us to educate them, I think. Right. I, I do too. Um, and if there are any nanny families uh, listening to this, uh, educating your friends about this. If you do have a friend who's trying to find a nanny and really struggling, uh, pointing out, well, are you treating them like a professional? Uh, that, that, that goes a long way to helping all nannies, which Absolutely. I, I well, yep. Absolutely. It does. It does. Even if it's a part-time position, right? If they, if they hired, you know, a college student at the local, you know, the local university, and that college student is has a career path of working with children, that means that they take it seriously, right? Mm -hmm. And they need twenty hours. Well, right. you need to guarantee them those twenty hours. That's how I see it. I do too. You know, they're, yep. they're not going to stick around. Yep, exactly. So, well, wonderful. Um, if you are listening and you have questions still, please email in to chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Um, and I will uh, research myself and also contact uh, Jennifer for more information. Because um, I, I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge base with us. Well, I appreciate you asking me. Yeah. Um, and and then also check uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram for uh, 
updates and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, we end each episode with a fun story or uplifting story from nanny kids and jennifer's brought one for us yes i have one uh grab some tissues it's definitely (laughs) uplifting it's not negative in any way but you may need some tissues so my youngest nanny kid nanny kid i love that term um she turned three today um i've been with them since she was approximately five months old and as we all know we get attached, right? And we watch them grow. So it's it's been emotional because she's three. <laughs> she's not a little baby anymore. Um, we, we, we go to yoga every Wednesday. Oh. And um, over the years, I've heard many stories about other nannies having very interesting, odd or negative experiences with mothers in say a class or at the library and how they treat them differently. I've never experienced that. And this is a, a great example of that. So we were at yoga last Wednesday and I'm very friendly with all the moms. They know I'm my, my little nanny kids, nanny. They, they know our relationship um, and they see how we interact. And on this particular day, she was very excited about her birthday. She's been very excited for probably two months. <laughs> um, and she was kind of bouncing back and forth and um, she was paying attention to one of the mom's new babies who was five months old and the mom shared that the baby was five months old. She said it out loud and I looked over, she was sitting right next to me and I got very, very emotional because this baby was the exact same age as when I started taking care of this little girl. And I said this to the mom, I said, Oh, she was five months old when I started. And the mom grabbed her chest and she caught her breath because she could see how I felt very emotional about it. And she started to get very teary. And I'm sure having a new baby sort of is, is related because her, you know, her hormones are going crazy. And it sort of started this like domino effect in the class and they were all sort of seeing this. Well, almost as if on cue, my my little nanny kid ran over, grabbed me around the neck, and just said, oh, Jenny, I love you. <laughs> and I completely lost it. I was a blubbering, crying, emotional idiot. <laughs> I just oh felt so goodness. silly. But every, and, and every mom, you should have seen them. It was like a tissue fest. Oh. And it's sort of, I don't, it was so beautiful. (laughs) And then all the other nanny kids or kids, I shouldn't say nanny kids, kids ran up to their moms and started hugging them. (laughs) It was, was, I don't know. It was very, very, very emotional, but it was, I don't know. It was just a really great experience. And it really, I mean, these moms, they know that I'm not her mom, but they all felt that love in the room. And they have all said to me since then, like, we can really see the bond that you have with this child and how lucky you are and how lucky my nanny family is. So anyway. (laughs) That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. It's very, uh, it's too rare that a room gets full of joy like that. I can't say that I've ever experienced that. Partic- I mean, it was so such a little blip in the day, right? And it 
lasted maybe 10 minutes, the whole entire experience. But it, it was just, it was really beautiful. Yeah. And it's kind of why I do what I do. And probably most of us, I would, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much. That, that You're welcome. Beautiful. And, um, and thank you for answering all those questions about guaranteed hours. It's a complicated thing, but I, I feel like it's even more clarified for me. I learned today. So thank I hope you. so. I hope so. Yes. As always, it's a pleasure. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.